Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's up, guys? And welcome to another episode of r slash Entitled People, the place where we go to rant about people that just really annoy us in our day-to-day lives. Perhaps even push their entitlement to the limit. If you guys like this content, as always, don't forget to subscribe if you're new here. If you like, leave a like. If you dislike, leave a dislike. And as always, enjoy. Around eight years ago, my dad fired a guy working at his company that we'll call Joe. He was a bit of a jerk, but he did his job well. So no one really complained. From what I and my dad had heard, he tried to join the military after high school, but washed out of basic, and he'd been a military wannabe ever since. We're talking the big guy with a raised 70s Ford pickup, with the rattle can camo paint job, loud exhaust, girl silhouette pinups in the rear window, and on the mud flaps, a rifle rack in the cab, blanket wrapped bench seats, and a CB radio antenna that was way too high. Joe was married too, and she was a very nice woman. Let's call her Mary for the story. She came in with homemade blueberry muffins for everyone on some holidays. Rumor was that she'd only married Joe because she'd gotten pregnant by him and her family pressured her into it. Lots of church families in my area are like that. Joe wasn't exactly a model employee. In fact, he was a major show off. He'd brag about his truck a lot, mocked anyone who drove anything but a truck or muscle car, and seemed to have something against wearing deodorant. But he always came to work on time, never underperformed, always lended a hand with heavy lifting, and never drove drunk. My dad even went to the rifle range with him a few times, and they liked to talk about cars together on occasion, but they weren't really friends. Joe also knew how to party. If he had a designated driver, he'd get pissed drunk any chance he got, but he'd still be at work the next morning hungover and wearing sunglasses with a coffee in hand. We kept aspirin in the office for such occasions. One day, my dad and I went out to lunch and got sandwiches from a local place nearby. While eating, Mary walked in with Joe's son, and she was wearing sunglasses as an attempt to cover up quite a swollen black eye, but we could still see it from the side. She saw us and quickly left, looking scared. After this, there was a string of similar incidents with people seeing Mary around town looking like she had bruises. And not just her, but Joe's son too. Another guy in the office had a son the same age as Joe's and would regularly hear from the kids that Joe's son looked like he had been in a fight or something and the kid was always angry and lashing out. Eventually, my dad invited Mary to lunch and pretended that he'd invited Joe too so she would show up. When she got there, my dad sat her down and privately asked her what was going on. I was there too and saw Mary turn into a sobbing mess. Joe would regularly get drunk and hit her at home, and his son tried to stop him many times, which is how he ended up beaten up as well. My dad flared up and looked as furious as the day my mother had beaten me, and he threatened to have her arrested. He asked Mary why she didn't leave Joe, and she said that her family knew about what was going on and kept telling her to stick it out for her son's sake. This made my dad even more upset because he had tried the same with my mother and had to leave her anyway because she never got better. 
My dad told Mary that she needed to leave regardless of what her family thought because it wasn't worth it. Mary just nodded while crying and finally said she was done. My dad called his lawyer and asked him to help Mary in secret filing for divorce and he was happy to help her after hearing her story. Joe soon ended up in jail because the next time he hit Mary, she finally called the police. Then she packed her things and left him while he was locked up. Her family didn't support her, so my dad took her in for a while, and he even hired her as an employee so she could update her resume and have an income during the divorce since she had spent years as a stay-at-home wife. When Joe got out of jail and showed up to work, he was escorted to my dad's office and told he no longer had a job, and he was told exactly why. Joe made no excuses for himself, he just returned his name badge and walked out the door. With my dad's backing, Joe didn't fight Mary in the divorce and gave her full custody of his son. Mary and her son left town after about a year and they never came back. Joe stayed in the area for a while working as a tow truck driver, but my dad made it clear that he was not to come near his business and he didn't. Last any of us heard, Joe joined a militia of some sort and moved to another city. We haven't seen him since. OP has a goddamn tough dad for standing up to him like that. And rightfully so too after having dealt with a mother like that, that is insanity. I'm kind of perplexed at just how smooth this all sounds, like Joe ended up in jail, Joe didn't put up a fight afterwards, and Joe just kind of left them alone. Kind of makes me wonder what happened behind closed doors with OP's dad and Joe, not gonna lie. My uncle is a veteran. He lost a leg in the Marines and had to get a replacement. He didn't like the way the plain rods felt or looked, so he had one that looked more like a real leg. When he wore long pants, you couldn't tell that he'd been wounded, except for a slight limp. He calls it his robot leg. We live in a tiny town with a tiny town store. There is this kid who's there a lot, and his favorite thing is to bite people while they are waiting in line. I think he must be related to the people who own the place, but he's a pain in the butt and they don't do anything about him. He's like six, so he's way too old to be biting people. So my uncle is in town and he goes to the store to get candy because he always brings candy when he visits. He's in line and Bitey McBiteface starts his usual thing of annoying people and then biting them when they won't give him what he wants. My uncle is watching and waiting for someone to stop him, but no one does. Uncle gets near the front of the line and the kid comes up to him. I guess he wanted the candy and uncle told him no. Bitey doesn't like this, so he walks up, sneaks behind my uncle and chomp, tries to bite that solid resin leg and then runs off screaming. Uncle laughs, people in line laugh, and the kid's probably on his way to the dentist. <laughs> It's so funny, it just it just ends there. There's, the the mum doesn't care. There is no reaction, like the kid's just on his way to the dentist. Alright then, keep your secrets. Alright then, keep your secrets. Don't tell me the rest of the story. Actually, no, I'm gonna finish the story off for you guys here. So what happened after the kid went to the dentist? The dentist actually revealed that he too had a solid resin leg. The kid then felt an extreme amount of empathy. The skies opened up, God shone his light upon him. And henceforth from that day, all evil entitled energy was vanquished away from the child's body. No more evil child, you are a man of God now. God said to the child, no more chomping on legs. You, my child, shall use this energy to be a professional speed-eating champion. That's right, you're the chosen one. And um, that's how that story goes. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk.
I, 19 male, am a transgender male. I have been out as trans since before I started working at my current job, and everybody respects my name, pronouns, and haven't made any hateful comments toward me for being trans. We recently got a new manager, Karen, 27 female, who transferred from a different location of our restaurant. I have been a host, food runner, and server for this job for almost two years, and Karen transferred here about a month or two ago. On Monday, I was the only host during a morning shift. We were slow for a while, so I told Karen I was going to the restroom. It comes to nobody's surprise that I use the men's room because I've been using it since I started working here. After I left the bathroom, Karen asks me why I was using the men's room. Note, Karen knows that I'm transgender. I tell her that I was just going to the bathroom like everybody else does when they use the bathroom. I thought that she would say okay and let that be the end of it, but I was wrong. Instead, she brought some of my co-workers into the conversation and asked them if they had an issue with me using the men's room. All of them said no because they know that I'm going in there to do one thing. Go to the bath room. She didn't like that answer and started to make some homophobic and transphobic comments about it. Like, how do you think the guests would feel if they knew that they were using the same bathroom as a he-she? I'm just asking you a question. Don't be such a girl about it. I mean, why can't you just make everyone's life easier and use the woman's restroom? It's not like you have the proper parts to use the men's room anyway. At that point, I was fed up. I told her that if anybody had that big of an issue with me using the bathroom, they could talk to me about it. The women that I work with don't feel comfortable with me using the women's room anyway, because they all know that I am a man. She laughed at me and said that until I get my surgeries done, I would never be a real man. I told her what bathroom that I use doesn't affect how I do my job. I've been at this location for more than four times as long as she has, and nobody, except for two instances with guests over the past two years, have had a problem with it. If it was really that big of a deal, she could go talk to Jason, our managing partner and owner of the building, about her concerns. He knows me and has made it a point for me to feel comfortable in my work environment. I said that I was done with this conversation and that it was very inappropriate for her to be talking to one of her employees about what is in their pants. He brought this conversation up to Jason tonight and he was disgusted. He asked me to file a report and that he would have a conversation with Karen later on this week about what happened. I will keep you guys posted on everything coming up, but I am absolutely disgusted with what happened. Thank y'all for letting me vent. Update number one. I talked to Jason tonight, and he's going to bring up the issue to HR and take further action after they give him the orders, and he speaks to Karen. Also, her name isn't Karen and his isn't Jason, but I'm gonna respect their privacy. And update number two, Karen and I worked together tonight, and she made it almost impossible to do my job. She harassed my tables, messed with their orders, and outed me to half of my guests. This seriously needs to stop, and I hope that Jason talks to HR soon. Let's go, Jason, let's go. Get this bigot out of here. At least that's uh, my response to this situation. Please, dear God, Jason, come through and deal with this woman, because, oh my God... Very unacceptable in this day and age. I live in Michigan, and we get a lot of snow. Snow that needs to be shoveled so that we can use our sidewalks and driveways. Oh, that kind of snow. Right. After a snowstorm that left about 9 inches, 
on the ground. My mother decided that she would be coming over to my house for something. I knew my driveway had to get shoveled for her. As I went outside, I noticed a car parked on the street blocking my driveway. The entitled male driver, EM, was waiting for his child to get out of the junior high school on the next block to give him a ride home so that the poor kid wouldn't have to slog his way home through all that snow. Insert eye roll here. And since I'm out shoveling, the kid can just use my clean sidewalk and driveway to gain access to the car. So I signal to the entitled male driver that he needs to move as this is my driveway. Entitled male driver opens his newspaper and proceeds to read it, totally ignoring me. So I start shoveling. 15 minutes later, about halfway through my shoveling, I smash his goddamn windscreen with my shovel. I mean, I stop and try to get the entitled male driver's attention again by knocking on his window. Entitled male driver looks at me, then goes back to his newspaper, and I, frustrated, go back to shoveling. Then I got the awesome idea. I found a Glock 9 in my pants, just kidding. I took the next shovel of snow, and instead of throwing it over the grass on the side of the driveway, I threw the entire load onto his front windshield. Entitled male driver looked up. I ignored him and threw a second shovel full of snow onto his car. Entitled male driver started yelling at me, so I just shrugged my shoulders and signaled him to move his car. After some choice words, he did. My mother was able to pull into my driveway about 10 minutes later. I have absolutely no idea where EM finally parked to pick up his child. Not my monkey, not my circus. And good riddance to stinky garbage sitting in driveways. To be fair, you guys heard how I would have dealt with a situation like that. It would have been a lot more violent. I'd probably go to jail for a few years, but it would solve the problem, damn it. We need to take back what we've lost against these entitled people. Vote one at the polls. Marky for president, and I will protect you from these entitled scumbags. <laughs> That's a promise. That's a promise. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey y'all, long time lurker and all that. This is a throwaway account. To cut to the chase, my wife and I spent four years trying to get pregnant before the wrong side of 35. We are currently 33 respectively now and are blessed with a wonderful infant son. My wife has a younger half-sister that she has been low contact with for some time. The woman is entitled and toxic and also her mother's golden child. We've refused to let her or my mother-in-law in the house since they both blatantly tried to make off with my wife's jewelry box a couple of years ago. The box contained a lot of valuable jewelry inherited from my wife's grandmother. 
Said jewelry is now in a safety deposit box, as per my suggestion. My wife and I had nearly given up trying to conceive when it suddenly happened and we were ecstatic, and we found out we were having a boy. So we started looking into names, and I ended up suggesting the name of my Scottish grandfather, and my wife loved it. So that's the name that we settled on, but we made the mistake of posting about it on social media. Well, no surprise to the stereotype in this mess, my sister-in-law was pregnant too, and was months further along than my wife, and also having a boy. She decided to claim my grandfather's name for her own son, and just not the first name, but the middle name too. We called her pissed over what she was doing, and she smugly told us there's nothing we can do about it, which she was sorta right. There was nothing we can do about it legally, as it's still not a crime to steal planned baby names. We realized that drama was exactly what my sister-in-law wanted, and she thought that by taking the name for herself, we'd not be able to use it. I laughed and told her that while what she did was dirty and underhanded, we would keep our chosen name. And she could just deal with it whether she decides to go through with copying us or not. Well, my sister-in-law's baby daddy called me and said I was an unreasonable dick for still wanting to use the name after sister-in-law claimed it. I said she claimed nothing, and since we couldn't own the name, then neither could they. Before he entered the call, he threatened me by saying I'd be sorry if we didn't change the name. Then he hung up before I could respond. Months later, sister-in-law has a healthy baby boy and names him my grandfather's name. We did not show up for the birth, both because of the pandemic and because we simply didn't care to be there. Sister-in-law called us wanting congratulations, but we told her we simply didn't care and that if she was still insisting we change our baby's name, then she'd be in for some big disappointment because we were not. Sister-in-law demanded that I put my wife on the phone, but it was already on speaker, and my wife spoke up and said she agrees with me entirely. We weren't changing the name. Sister-in-law hung up on us, but soon started sending emails with text walls of names, even suggesting similar ones. I responded back that the name was from my grandfather, and that's why we were not changing it. She shut up and we didn't hear from her again till after our own son was born. Two months later, we were blessed with our son. He came out perfect and we named him as we intended. Well, no surprise, my sister-in-law called us a few days after the birth to scream in our ears that we copied her son's name. I pointed out that she was the real copycat since she had no familial ties to the name and we did and anyone who looks at our family tree could see that. And then my wife spoke and said after the attempted theft of her grandmother's jewelry, she no longer considered sister-in-law her sister, and would have nothing to do with her nephew either. For months, we were bombarded with messages and emails from my wife's side of the family. Half were on our side after finding out the whole story, the other half were not, and sister-in-law's baby daddy, true to his word, showed up at my door to make me sorry. I'm not sure what his plan was, but I pretty much towered over him. I'm six foot one, and well built from regular exercise, and three trips to the gym a week. He, on the other hand, was very skinny, and about five foot six with a baby face that was badly hidden by a slim beard. I told him my house has cameras, and to get off my property and never come back. He just yelled a few obscenities at me and drove off in his beat up old car. Sister-in-law and mother-in-law called us from a different number to yell at me for making sister-in-law's baby daddy feel emasculated. I didn't even threaten the man, just told him to leave and not come back. Leave now and never come back. And if he didn't want to feel emasculated, then he shouldn't have come a-knocking. 
Then they tried to bring up the issue of the baby name again, and demanded we change our son's name, as he is so young so there's still plenty of time to do it. We held our ground and told them that they were bonkers to still think that they were in the right after they copied our choice of name just to try and get one over on us. I said sister-in-law didn't even name her son out of love, but out of spite, just to try and stick it to my wife for no good reason. And then my wife called them both out on the way that she was treated growing up, how entitled sister-in-law and mother-in-law have always been, and how she was glad to leave them far behind. And she wants nothing from them, and they won't have anything from us, and that left sister-in-law sobbing, and mother-in-law called me a royal idiot before hanging up the phone. That was no contact again for a little while, till sister-in-law called us again sometime later to bitterly tell us that we had won. She and her baby daddy got in a huge fight and he left. He was apparently very sore that sister-in-law didn't let him even give their son a middle name from his family, and he said that he was sick of the bullcrap and wanted his son named after him and not some guy that he wasn't even related to. Sister-in-law finally caved, and they got the boy's birth certificate reissued with a completely new name, which cost sister-in-law around 500 bucks, or so she claims. Sister-in-law then demanded that we at least compensate her for the name change, plus another 100 bucks for the emotional damage, as now she's going to have to get used to calling her son by a different name. We laughed, and said this would have never happened if she hadn't stolen our baby name to begin with, and we didn't owe her anything. Since then, we've been no contact with sister-in-law and mother-in-law. But my father-in-law, who's a very nice man and divorced from mother-in-law for obvious reasons, would come by often and he loves his grandson. From what he and other relatives told us, the situation between sister-in-law and her baby daddy was pretty tumultuous. But we don't care. Not our monkeys, not our circus. God damn, that's a story and a half right there, isn't it? I kept reading, it just kept goddamn going, that's for sure. 500 bucks plus 100 bucks is emotional damage. You can sit on it and rotate for all I care, love. Anyway, that's where I'm gonna wrap up the story today, guys. I hope you've had a lovely time. I love your faces. I will see you in the next episode. Please, please, please watch another episode. I, I'm gonna cry if you don't. Bye. 